When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Waitley on SEN. Surreal. Yeah, it's a very proud moment. And, yeah, to do it with Tom, um, who we've known each other for a long time now. We talk football every day uh, at the footy club and at home. Um, it'll be special. Patrick Dangerfield is the new captain of Geelong. The Cats gear up for their premiership defence. It's been a time for curious minds as we get our first look at some of the action across Thursday, Friday and Saturday with the match simulation. So let's check in with the reigning premiership coach, Chris Scott. Chris, great to have you back on the program. Thanks, Jared. Good to be here on the even of another season. Were you curious as to what was taking place around the competition with other teams? How much of the match simulation did you take in? I always take in more than I expect to. <laughs> um, history and experience should tell you not to read um, too much into the first pre-season game in any year, but having been starved of footy and you know the natural curiosity around um, how the game's going to change and what certain clubs are thinking tends to take over your thought process. And um, I think that's probably a good cue for us, that, and probably a good sign that we are in that phase where we're thinking about how the game's going to evolve and, and and how we need to shift as well, as opposed to being sort of stuck in last year. So what did you see? I'm so curious. I never quite know what I'm looking at at this time of year. What did you see? Well, I, I, I wish I could be more certain as well. I think you're probably in the um, in a similar position to me in that um, you don't want to jump to any conclusions. Um, and, and probably I'll give you a few thoughts, but um, the most important thing is that I think in every season, what you tend to see really early on, even in the early stages of the season when, the weather's good and the grounds are a bit firmer. Um, is not necessarily, um, you know, the way the rest of the season is going to play out. So I think there is, and it's one of the reasons I'm actually in favour of fewer pre-season games because I think it adds to the intrigue early in the season when you haven't got too much exposed form. But I think generally across the competition, most teams are thinking that um, fast footy um, is something that you need to have um, in your repertoire. Um, I think it looks to be a few teams sort of experimenting with, um, you know, some more height in their in their forward half. Um, but again, uh, the, the footy that works in in late February, March is, is often a different style to what works when the grounds get a bit heavier and, um, you know, the colder weather comes in in July. So give us a little bit of an insight um, as to what Monday might look like for you and maybe across the competition. Would you expect to come together with fellow coaches and you'd all spitball oh, I saw this here and maybe even a clip here or there as to what other teams were doing given that um, it's largely been in isolation until now yeah that's the process we tend to work through we our coaching group um, it's hard to comment on on other clubs but my guess is that we're a little less formal um, than, than most and um, it's one of the best parts about the job really um, when you come together Monday and the conversation, I suspect, is pretty similar to the ones that a group of guys and girls 
have at the pub um, on the Monday morning, um, Monday morning at the pub, Monday afternoon, let's say, <laughs> um, post, post um, a round of footy, sort of talking about sort of what you see, what you like, um, um, and, and, and most importantly, from a coaching perspective, what's relevant to us. So we've got to focus on the teams that we play early on in the year. Um, we played Collingwood round one and Carlton round two. So that was the main focus for us over the weekend. But again, um, I, I'm really confident in saying that if we spend hours and hours and hours on it, um, we'll end up just changing our mind in three weeks' time before we play them because that first week tends to not mean so much. What's necessary, do you think, Chris, in a in a preseason? Is like, does that weekend or those set of games serve a purpose or? Are you one who thinks we could all go in cold without having played anything against other teams? Well, I think I think every every coaching group would feel the same way in terms of your own preparation. You'd, you'd like to be as ready for round one as you possibly can, and um, in, in that sense, then more games um, are better. Um, but if if I take my coaching hat off for a second, um, and also on the basis that if the rules are the same for everyone, then you're not you know, giving anyone a, a head start necessarily. But I, I, I do. I do think that going in um, with a little more uncertainty would be better for the fans and sort of more interesting for the people that um, study the game. Certainly less certainty. But I think that's one of the things the AFL have tried to do over the last four or five years, is kind of um, you know add to um, the chaos, if you like. Um, make make it harder to um, really control the game um, from the coach's box. So more frustrating for us, but um, I, I get the hypothesis that that would be a good thing for the game. Could you see a time where we started in the early part of March and played a couple of extra rounds in, in addition to even what we're doing this year, maybe 26 rounds and, and not worrying about a pre-season? I, I could, and I, and I completely get the logic with gather rounds um, and you know, in principle, I guess it was the AFL. For you know, whether they're right or not, I think their observation has been that when they watched the two pre-season games, it's not like it was 10 years ago, where a lot of young players um, are getting a bit of opportunity, and it's really sort of a bit of a kick around for the more experienced guys because there's only two. It's almost all guns blazing, and on that basis, why don't we play those games? you know, for four points if you're going as hard in early March as you would be in early April. Um, so, and, and again, it's a part of my logic with um, having fewer pre-season games is that we place a very heavy emphasis on the season as a whole and the workload of, of our players. And even when it comes to, to injury, like you never want to see players injured, but getting players injured in pre-season games um, is more difficult to swallow than in the early rounds of the season. So the, the only caveat I'll put on it is that um, there does need to be a line somewhere. And I think more and more games and longer and longer pre-seasons um, don't make any sense um, unless there's some give and take. And I think that I think that take has to be um, overall game time. I'm a, I'm a big advocate of reducing um, the game time, you know, not by a significant margin. I think if we, if we reduced our game time by, say, 10 minutes and didn't tell anyone, I don't reckon anyone had noticed, but it would have a big impact across 
27 or 28 weeks of the season. So we had a we had a season with the 16-minute quarters. We have 20 now. Is there a sweet spot in the middle there? I don't really know is, is the answer, but, but that would be my guess. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I think if uh, the 16-minute quarters sort of carried through until today, I think everyone would get used to them and be okay with it. I think it was a bit of a shock. Um, first up, as, as all change is, but... Yeah, if you if you split the difference and said 18 minutes over a course of a season, that might give you scope to um, play some more games. And you know, the the AFL preseason is a long one too. I think yep. even this this year was a little different in that a lot of teams um, with the pre-finals by um, had a huge off-season. You know, in addition to a long pre-season. So um, yeah, they're, they're, I think there's a strong argument to say, well, you know, that's to shift things a little bit, and that gives you know, more genuine content, um, that'd be a good thing. And the players like playing. You know, if you gave them a chance to play versus train, they'd play every time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the captaincy has been announced across the weekend, and there's been a press conference this morning. How ultimately was it decided that Patrick Dangerfield would be the captain and Tom Stewart the vice-captain in the, the new regime at Geelong? Yeah, it was, it was a relatively long process. Um, you know, to to get to a pretty logical conclusion, um, in my opinion. But it was important for us to to work through that process. And, and having said that, it wasn't a really structured um, process. I, I think there is a bit of a school of thought out there that you know a lot of these decisions are contingent on a player vote. And uh, that that's not the way we work. Um, you know, even if you think through it logically, you know, a third of our list is very very new, and they're sort of at the stage where. They don't know what they don't know. So, um, you know, an, an equal vote to from a first-year player to um, a 10-year veteran doesn't make much sense. But the important part for us was that we did make it a whole-of-club thing because really the, the role of a captain has evolved over the years. And um, while you'd love your captain to be, um, you know, the on-field sort of um, leader, the kind of follow-me um, type guy. The reality is there's a whole lot of work um, that needs to be done sort of off-field and there's some public facing stuff. And it gave us a chance to actually reassess sort of what we wanted from that group of people. And it became clear to us that we didn't think that a leadership group of six players, for example, was representative of who we are at the moment. And we certainly didn't um, have that model last year. But the club was really clear that we did on a simple sort of official leadership structure, if you like, which was one captain and one vice-captain. And, and once once we were clear on sort of what we wanted from those roles, then it was a process, I think, of going to, you know, all the key people and just sort of having, um, you know, a mature discussion around it. And in the end, we got to a unanimous spot. Um, but it probably wasn't the, the structured process that some leadership consultants would have you go through. <laughs> In your mind, what sort of captain will Patrick Dangerfield be? Well, in my mind, um, and everyone sort of has slightly different views on this, I just want him to be exactly what he was last year um, and what he was the year before. So, um, you know, in the context of, you know, the um, you know the understanding that we're always changing, you know, we're always evolving, you know, as a, as a team. Um, but in terms of the way he goes about it, he shouldn't think that he needs to be um, anything different. Uh, but one of the things that I admire about him um, 
when he came to a footy club, he had every right to, to come in and say, hey, I'm already a really good player um, and, and I deserve as much recognition as anyone else. But he didn't take that approach. His approach was, I'm here to support Joel and get him behind him. And he's just done that as well as, um, you know, anyone could have hoped for. Um, and so now that's kind of what we're asking of the 12, 15 senior players that kind of sit um, underneath him. And, 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 and Tom Stewart's the same. We, 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 we think that they're great representatives of our group because of what they already do. Um, so most of that, in my mind, is what you do on the field. You know, it's less what you say, more what you do. And then it's about not over-indexing on thinking now because I have a title next to my name that I have to behave differently or, or say more around the time. So that's the leadership side of things. And then there's the, the so the newbies, uh, which you referenced there. So did you get what you wanted from, say, Ollie Henry, Tanner Bruin, Jack Bowes? We got our first look at them in the hoops. You've seen them training. Um, what impression did they leave you with from Thursday? They continued on the form that they showed through the pre-season, which was um, a really good sign for us. All three of them were really good. And I think as quickly as we can, we should move away from grouping them all together um, and and um, treat them as the individuals they are. But um, Jack played a little less game time, which was the plan, um, but he was, he was super early in the game. Looks like he's adjusted well to um, the way we like to play. Um, Tanner played in the middle from the outset and, and was really good. And uh, Ollie, more than, I think he kicked four goals, but it was more um, just, you know, how dangerous he looked and how he complimented um, the other guys in that forward line that was promising to us. So good signs. But we were clear with um, those three before we brought them in that um, at the moment our team is a hard one to pick. Um, and um, while we'll work hard to give them opportunity, as we will for you know, a, a range of guys who were just outside our 22 at the end of last year, um, you know, there is still no guarantee. What have you been told about the injury to Jack Henry? It's a little uncertain at the moment, so I'm try, always try to kind of reserve um, or try not to sort of predict how these things are going to go, but um, it's clearly complicated enough um, to be a problem. Um, just how bad it is. Um, you know, I think we'll know a little bit more in the next 48 hours and our club's really forthright with these things once we know. Well, we, we tend to be a bit guarded when there is sort of a range of um, possibilities, but he's clearly not playing in the next couple of weeks. Um, so, yeah, um, I think I've tried to say we shouldn't read the tea leaves, but... Yeah, if you can detect a tone in my voice, I'm not that positive. Yes, yes, I can tell that. All right, so you're about to walk into a meeting, so you can make this answer as short or as long as you like to fit needs. Is there a difference entering the season, Chris, as the reigning Premier than where you've been in recent years as the chaser? I think the reality is that there is. Um, but then the pragmatic approach is more... Um, you know, you probably just need to... Um, focus a little more, even than we have in previous years, on, on making sure that we look forward. Um, but last year was a reasonable guide for us. I, I don't think, um, I don't think anyone thought at the end of 
21 that we should approach 22 in exactly the same way. And for different reasons, we feel that way again this year. You know, the, the, it is, I think, a, an old cliche that you've got to be really vigilant about complacency and even looking for examples where you can educate a thousand by executing one um, just doesn't feel like it's the right, right mode for us. I think I was always really confident that um, with the particular group of people we have at the moment on and off field, that um, great disappointment wouldn't break us, um, but great success wouldn't make us too happy with ourselves either. So, um, and I think that part of that is just because we've just been so clear how difficult the competition is, you know, how um, quickly things evolve um, and you know, the, the need to adapt and, and to continually improve um, just becomes our, our focus. So, like, again, it'd be naive to say that it doesn't feel a little bit different, but if you kind of search your feelings and your memory, every year's kind of felt a bit different just for different reasons. Chris, I'll let you go. Thanks for your time. I'll always, in my mind, have this Monday morning meeting you're about to walk into at the pub. So uh, the very best of luck with preparations. <laughs> See you soon. One day I'll be able to join you, Jared. <laughs> Good stuff. Chris Scott, the reigning premiership coach. So his views on, on what he saw from the match simulation uh, around what the shape of the preseason might be in the future. So that, that's in with Dwayne's thoughts, isn't it? I've, I've heard sort of bits and pieces of Dwayne over the past couple of weeks that maybe we're edging towards a time where there are no preseason or match simulation games and we march straight into a season proper and that might provide a couple of extra rounds. Uh, and Scott's view is that uh, the way to get additional rounds, maybe even to get to 28 rounds, is to peg a couple of minutes out of the game, which um, which will have a, a pushback, I'm sure. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Your snap judgments, they are through. I'll share those with you. 0433 98 11 16. So one three hundred seven three six seven three six and the 40 Winks temper text. 0433 98 11 16. Temper, a mattress like no other.